If you would, I want to go back to Revelations chapter 20. I want to read some of this once again, and then I'm going to expound on some of the things the Lord has laid on my heart. And when the Lord begins to deal with me on something, it just gets bigger and bigger and better and better, you know, and you think that there was not so much to one subject, but you know, the Word of God has been preached for years, for generations, and and it, it ain't got bad, it's still good. The Word of God is still good. You know, the Scripture talks about knowing the truth, and the truth can set you or make you free, whatever translation you look at. But I want you to know this morning, we need to know the truth. We need to understand there is consequences. And uh, actually, I, I, I turned on uh, Brother John Hagee uh, this week, and uh, he was making some statements on our leadership in our White House. And uh, I don't know if you watch a lot of the news or whatever, but I was watching some of it this past week. And how many understands just because somebody has uh, a position in our government don't, don't cause them to be pardoned from anything that's done wrong? But our government, they want to look at things a little different because it may be a judge or maybe be a congressman or whatever and... Brother Hagee was talking about some of these things and then actually I seen a little bit of it later on the news and if you do wrong, you have to suffer the consequences. If, it, if you got to go to jail, you know, you done wrong, what gives you the right to get out of it? You know, this is not monopoly. We're paying, I got to get out of jail card here, you know. I don't get, I ain't got to go to jail. But just because who... A person is does not mean that they should go unpunished and I was I was thinking about some of this and, and I'm not saying you know uh, you know tar and feather them send them out of town rail them or what tar and feather them rail them out of town or whatever those saying is but if if I ran a red light the other day <gasps> my goodness brother David ran a red light and I didn't even know it couple of days later, a couple of weeks later, Teresa got a letter in the mail and said, uh, y'all run a red light, and, and you know what? The vehicle's in my name. <laughs> so, you know who run the red light? Brother David did. <laughs> but it was one of those that flashing lights. But anyhow, I went through the light, and I mean, it, you know, I didn't mean to, and it was yellow, but it caught me on red, and they got my tag number. You know what? And uh, I got to pay a ticket. When I first, Teresa called me, she said, you know what went on? I said, I ain't paying that. <laughs> but then I got home, you know, that was just a figure of speech. I ain't paying that. <laughs> I'll, go to, I'll go to court about it. You know, that, that camera was wrong. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Am I, am I speaking to the choir this morning? You know, when you get caught, oh, I didn't do that. That wasn't me. I was caught on camera. <laughs> Pictures don't lie, Brother Tech said. <laughs> Hey, but anyhow, after I cooled down, I told Teresa, I said, whenever it needs to be sent, go ahead and take care. What it is, you got to pay the fine. 
You got to pay when you do something wrong. You know, I think it's really uh, not right for them to set up cameras everywhere, but, you know, uh, amen. Did I get any amens on that? <laughs> Let me talk to somebody over here. <laughs> hey, but uh, I, I do have to take care of that. And uh, But I was, I was thinking this morning on what the Lord has given me. I want to read this one more time, and uh, I want you to listen to this. What it, what is it saying here this morning? And uh, it says in verse, starting in verse eleven, it says, "And I saw a great white throne, and he who sat upon it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before him." And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the book according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and the death and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. Remember last Sunday morning I, I read you the passage over there in uh, Luke, and uh, it was talking about... Uh, the rich man and Lazarus. And it was talking about the hell fire and the torment. I want to read this verse one more time to you and listen to verse uh, 13. It says right here, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell, okay? So that's meaning right there, there was already some in hell, okay? And hell delivered up the dead which were in them. Okay, so uh, I heard a gentleman uh, this morning uh, talking, and uh, matter of fact, it was uh, Brother John Hagee, uh, again, on one of his parts of his message, and I'm not preaching all of his material, but he was, he was talking about a lot of people think that when they die, if you're a Christian now, you go to heaven and you enjoy everything that God has prepared, but if you're not a Christian, you just die. You just disappear. You don't. Your life's over. Uh, and he said, "There's a religion that is teaching that now, that people are going with that, saying, hey, I can do what I want to do. I'm just going to die and it's over with.' So what they doing? What this religion was teaching? You live it up while you can, because when you're when you're gone from here, your life's over. But now, if you want to be a Christian, your life is just beginning. If that ain't twisted up." Man, junk right there. I, 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 I couldn't believe that, but Brother John Hagee w was teaching some of that this morning. But now let me go on with this here in verse 14. It says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And now I want you to listen to this next, next two. I want to read four verses out of this one right here. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth was passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from, down from God out of heaven, prepared for as a bride adorned for what? Her husband. And I heard a great voice out of the heavens saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Now listen to this next verse right here. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. 
And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor tear, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. Hallelujah. For the former things are passed away. So that's telling me right there, he's prepared us a better place. Because let me tell you right here, John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Let me tell you one thing. God does not do things halfway. If God does it, he does it right. Okay? The enemy corrupted this world. So God says, I'm going to do away with the devil and everything that he has ever had dominion on. So he said, I'm going to create a new heaven and a new earth. Folks, that's enough to shout about. The devil ain't going to have nothing to do with what God is going to give us. We're going to inherit the new heaven and the new earth. Can y'all shout, praise the Lord for that. We're important, folks. He is going to build us something new that has never been corrupt before. Ain't that wonderful? I thought about, you know, in this world, you know, they try to, uh, what do you call it, uh, reproduce, reproduction, something, you know. And the other day I was looking on the Internet and I was looking at some things, some automobiles, and they had some reproduction, you know, of cars, you know. And I, I was looking at Volkswagen. They got reproduction of the old Volkswagen, their fiberglass bodies. Then they came over to, you know, the vets and different other uh, uh, Camaros and all this. They got, man, they got molds that they just make new stuff. But it's, you know, it looks like the, the old body style, but it's new. What I want to tell you here this morning, God is going to do something new for us. We ought, to, we ought to get excited about something new. I ain't going to get nothing old. I'm going to get something new. John said, I saw the new heaven and the new earth coming down. Glory to God. Let me tell you one thing. There's no corruption going to be there. Why? Because it's not allowed there. Amen? But I want to I give you some things here this morning. The Lord has really stirred in my heart yesterday and early this morning when I got up. And uh, I get up early every morning, but I like to get up and, and talk to the Lord and listen out, listen to the Lord, what he's got to say. But some things the Lord had laid on my heart this morning I just kind of want to share with you. Here's some things. I, I want to give you a couple examples here as far as the days that we're living. Today in, in, in our society, we want our bodies to take care of themselves. And a lot of our blood cells, they reproduce. Uh, if uh, a couple of weeks ago me and Joseph was working on one of our trucks, and uh, I had, uh, it's, it's a clutch fan is what it is, and this thing probably weighs, what, Joseph, 70 pounds, if not more, and Joseph always picks on me because I wear gloves. He said, you sissy, you got them gloves on? I said, yeah, I'm a sissy, I'm wearing my gloves, <laughs> you know. He likes picking on me all the time. But we was working on this clutch, and I had my gloves on, and, and my hands, I, I, you just touch me now, and I, I scratch or whatever. But I had my gloves on, and me and Joseph was working on this clutch, taking it off. And uh, we, uh, we got the bolts out, and Joseph said, I got one more bolt. And I said, well, I got it. About that time, that thing fell, 
and the pulley hit got my finger up between the pulleys and that whole weight fell on the end of my finger and I didn't sing my I didn't sing amazing grace <laughs> I didn't sing power in the blood <laughs> I was squealing like a little caught goat in electric fence <laughs> Joseph said, you just are squealing over. I said, you'd squeal too. <laughs> hey, but, uh, and, but I had my gloves on and it cut my gloves and, and, and thank God it didn't break my finger. But it, I mean, it really, really hurt and it stayed swelled up. And finally, a couple of days later, it actually busted. It had so much pressure on it. And I mean, it, it, and it really hurt. But uh, what, what, I, what I'm saying about all of that right there our body pretty much produces and takes care of itself. That's been actually what, maybe three weeks ago that we done that. My finger's done well. That's the God that, we, that created us. Do y'all understand? I mean, listen to this. God created us to, our bodies to heal. <laughs> the day we was working on these air conditioners and that grinder got into my arm, I said, I was praying and having faith. I didn't want to look at it. Brother Tex said, let's look at it and see how bad it is. <laughs> it was bad. You know, but I was praying in faith. You know, there it again. I wasn't singing Amazing Grace. <laughs> hey, hey. It, it was, it's, but what, I'm, I'm making a point here. God created us in his image. And in God's image, he creates things new. He don't pass. Let me tell you one thing. I don't have a scar there. My finger is still a little sore, but the soreness is going away. But I've got new skin there. Do y'all understand? I don't have the old flaky scab finger that it smashed. I have a new... Y'all got to get this in your spirit. I have new skin. And, and I'm making a point here. Remember over in Ezekiel when, when God carried Ezekiel to the Valley of Dry Bones? And he looked out across this and what this was representing, the army of Israel. And there was a valley of dry bones laying out there. And, and God asked, asked Ezekiel, he said, can these bones live? And man, I mean, you look at this now. You put yourself in Ezekiel's position. He's looking out over a valley. of used to be the army of God, Israel. And there were bones laying upon bones and just everything was scattered abroad in this valley. And God asked Ezekiel, do you think these bones can live? And you know what Ezekiel answered? He said, Lord, only you know. In other words, he said, Lord, you're the answer. Because let me tell you one thing. Ezekiel could have gave him an a, a, a illustration that long. Said, well, Lord, you know, if this happened and if that happened and this happened. But you know what the Lord told him? He said, you prophesy. You got to do one thing. You got to speak it into existence. When my finger got all smashed, man, Joseph said, pull your gloves off. And I was, I didn't really want to pull my gloves off because I didn't want to see it, you know, because it did, it tore my gloves. But I pulled them off and I looked at it and it looked bad. It looked really bad. <laughs> Especially on me, it looked bad. You know what I'm saying? But I thought about this and, and I, I, what the Lord has really laid on my, in my spirit here about this here. He said, I saw a great white throne, okay? 
There's a judge that's on that great white throne. And you know who that is? That's Jesus himself. But then it goes on to that and it, and it tells everything, all the details there. But my point of it is, he went on and he said, but I saw a new. I saw something new. And what he done, he spoke the new in existence. And when he told Ezekiel, he said, can these bones live? Ezekiel said, Lord, at your word, in other words, at your word. Remember I mentioned a while ago about Peter and them, about casting out the nets. You know, they toiled all night. But Peter's words were, he said, Lord, at your word, we'll let down the net. Now, we've, we've been out here all night long. We've toiled and everything. I mean, we, we've done been here. And I, I want to say this. We've been to church already a bunch of times and we ain't seen it happen we gotta look for something new everybody say amen <laughs> but in this here the Lord has given me about here in, in, in this passage of scripture I want to just expound on this our, our human body is able to take care of itself pretty much but I, I was doing some studying up on this here, and I want to give you a little illustration. We look at our doctors, we want our doctors to fix us. Fix us. Whatever you got to do, you fix me. You go to the doctor with a situation, the doctor tells you all what needs to be done, what can be done, and you, you this is my, my question, is it going to be better? I mean, if you're going to do all this and I ain't going to be no better, why do it? So my first question is, is it going to help me? Is it going to make me feel better? Am I going to be able to, you know, you see this commercial now about this, uh, uh, some kind of uh, back surgery. They do a little bitty incision, about a half inch, they go in, and they do some kind of incision, and then they got these people that couldn't even go to the flower uh, uh, bed and do anything. They out there bending over, doing flowers. They out there riding the bicycle. There's even got this elderly lady dancing with one of her grandchildren. Man, we all need to go get that back surgery. Come on. <laughs> but I mean, what it is, they're trying to promote we can make you better than you are. And what I want to say here this morning, we can, we can have a situation. I want to share this little story with you. There was, this, there was this gentleman had some internal problems with his body. And the doctors done all kind of tests and, and, and they, it was to the point they said, either the surgery will work or the surgery will kill you. So, you know, what would you do? I mean, uh, you're going to live, you know, another year or if you do this surgery, I might live another five or ten years or whatever the age span or whatever, you know, and, th and this gentleman was, his question was, what is my percentage of living? Y'all get what I'm trying to, I'm trying to make a point here. What percentage of mine it is that I can be better? 
If I, what, I'm, what I'm saying here this morning, if I trust in the Lord, if I really sell out to God, now if I really make a commitment to God, if I, if I really start coming to church on time, if I really start doing what God, if I need to sing in the choir, if I need to do this, if I, need, if I really start doing that, am I going to go to heaven? Mm, that ain't no guarantee. But you have a better chance by coming and not coming. Come on back. <laughs> Amen. So this guy that had this situation, he asked the doctor, he said, but what is my percentage in your eyes? And the physician, in, in, the, in, in other words, I want to say this right here, in the specialist's eyes, what percentage do I have? If it was, this is what the, the guy asked. I was reading up on this little article here. He said, uh, what percentage do you have if you had the surgery? Would you, in other words, would you trust yourself? Amen. <laughs> if I was doing the surgery, it'd be a little bit different. If I was doing it on myself, I, you know, I'd make sure I'd done everything right. But if somebody else is working on me, listen to what I'm saying. Life or death, do I want to take their? I mean, are you? Do you? Do you really know what you're talking about? Do you? Have you? And this is my question: Have you ever done this before? Come on, folks. I mean, I'm getting down to where we live. Have you ever done this before? What I'm saying, I, I had never been to hell, but I've been close to hell. You understand? But this doctor, he, he kept talking with this guy, and he, and he told this guy, he said, my statistics, he said, I give you 1% to live. The guy said, that ain't very good percentage, is it? He said, 1% you can live. But 0%, if you don't have the surgery, you will die. What would you do? There you go. I want, I want, to, do, I want to stay here as long as I can. Okay? I want to go to heaven. Whatever I got to do, Sister Pam, I want to go to heaven. If I got to sing, if I got to preach, if I got to take up an offering, if I got to scrub the floors, if I got to cut the grass, if I've got to uh, change the tissue paper in the bathroom, amen, let me tell you one thing. I want whatever I got to do, I want to go to heaven. Lord, what is my calling? I want to do that. Why? Because I don't want to miss heaven. I don't want to miss heaven. But let me, let, me, let me go on with this story right here. He said 1%. He said that ain't very much of a percentage, is it? But the guy says, you know what? He said, I'm going to put my life in your hands. He done the surgery. It was a success. Because 1%, I get picked on a lot with Joseph. He says he's the 99%, I'm the 1%. He said, if you do something, he said, we'd, we'd be 100%. He said, but that 1%, he said, it sure slows us up a lot. <laughs> he's just picking with me. 
But that 1%, what that 1% was, you know what it was? It was hope. Hoped. He hoped. Listen to this right here. He hoped everything went well. That was the words he told the doctor. He said, I'm going to go with you that 1%. He said, but I hope that 1% goes well. The story didn't say how long the guy lived. I guess he's still living. I don't know. I didn't. It didn't give all the, the rest of his life story. But that was an important part of his life. That 1%, he had an opportunity for this doctor to go. This Understand this. This was a physician. This was a specialist now that he never had. He never played basketball with him. He never went out to eat with him. Understand what I'm making a point here this morning. He never went out to eat with him. He never got a Christmas present from me. He never got a birthday present from me. He never got an anniversary card from him. But he put his life in his hand. We come to the church today. You're putting your life in my hand. Actually, that's what you're doing. I'm not playing with your life. I'm being serious with your life. I want every one of you that are here and every home that's represented, I want your families to go to heaven. What percentage do you expect out of me? Do you expect me to get on the internet and find us some good soothing, you know, words to preach? And I can get on there. I, 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 I get on Brother Copeland's uh, website a lot of times on their notes and different things. You can pull up all kinds of stuff. You can preach all kinds of things. Man, we could start this morning. I could just preach right on to, to dark 30 tonight on some literature that I can get on the internet or whatever. But you know what? I got before God and I found out what God wanted me to tell you. You know what that is? That's not 1%. But I'm not saying, look at me, but I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? I said, I'm giving you 100%. Why? Because you're important to me. And you know what? It goes back to that doctor, and that doctor told him, he said, when that 1% came forth, and that doctor told him, he said, whether you think it's just 1%, he said, but one thing I want you to know, he said, I'm doing this as I have known you all my life. And I thought about this here this morning. I wrote a few things down here this morning. And I was thinking about, you know, I want people to grow spiritually. I want your soul to grow. But as well, I want you to be good in your physical body. Okay? The Bible talks about that you be in good health even as your soul prosper. You know what? If your bodies give out and everything, you know what? You're not going to be able to come to church. I want to see you in God's house. I want to see you worship in the Lord. I want to see you worship in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But I thought about this this morning. You know, the world, understand this here, and, and, and this really spoke something when the Lord really began to deal with me. The church does not want to hear sermons about hell. Why? Because it begins to step on their toes. Well, he's, what he's doing, he's judging me. No, I'm not judging you. I'm giving you the word. The word won't return void. Because I just read you a passage of scripture right here and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before the Lord. You know, that's telling me right there. And I was thinking about my grandchildren. You know, this, this past week, I mean, I'm fixing to have a talk with them three. 
I'm going to have a talk with them. I'm not talking about a mean talk, but I want, I want them to know Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. They've been brought up. They've been back here in children's church. These ladies have taught them the, the Bible and these things. But you know what? I woke up early this morning. I was thinking about Javis. I said, you know, Javis, he, he likes to pray for me, and he likes to, he'll listen to things on, the, on TV, and he, he'll say, you know, this morning I turned Brother John Hagee on, and, and John Hagee hadn't even come on, but it was their introduction and everything. He said, there comes Brother John Hagee. I mean, he knew. I mean, he sees me. And, and, and then just a few minutes, I had to get up and go and start getting ready. And uh, Javis is bad. He's a, a remote control Nazi. He likes the remote control. He likes to take control. I mean, he, next thing you know, he's watching Transformers or uh, it, a lot of these other little cartoons. We, he don't watch a crazy movie. He, I mean, Tom and Jerry and different things. But I told him, I said, Matt Hagee's fixing to come on. I said, Pops is going to go get ready. I said, when I come back, I want you to tell me what Matt's preaching on. He got up there in that chair, and he started watching Matt Hagee start preaching. You know what? I care about that one. But I understand this. I care about you. And see, and I thought about this here. This doctor here, he didn't know this person, but I want, one thing I do, I know some of you to a certain point, but you know what? There's some things I don't know about you. But one thing I do know, you showing up and you're hungry for God's word and my responsibility is to give you 100% of what God lays on my heart. I can't patty cake it down, you know, because I want to I give you some things here. This, this is something here. The hell, hell preaching, this is what I wrote down this morning. Hell preaching is outdated. Churches don't preach on hell. Brother Tex mentioned something about this, me and him. Not too long ago, we was talking about, and uh, and I was brought up in some of that hard, hard stuff. You know, I mean, you couldn't chew gum, you couldn't go to the skating rink. If you got caught to, at the picture show, man, you was doomed for hell. You know what? Because hey, there wasn't very many people had a TV, and you sure didn't go to the picture show. Amen. I remember the first time my brother and him got got going to the picture show. We went to church, and what did the preacher preach on? Picture shows. I was like, oh, my God, you know. <laughs> he really heard from God that night, <laughs> you know. And I'm not putting our preacher down. But let me tell you one thing. That ain't what a preacher is. A preacher is to preach love and compassion and keep you in line with God's Word. Not keeping in line with man's tradition, but keeping you in line with God's Word. Amen? I want to give you a couple of illustrations right here. I know my time is flying by here, but I, I want to give you a little, uh, uh, three, three different things right here. I, I was thinking about this here, and uh, uh, Brother uh, John Hagee was talking about some other stuff, and then the Lord began to give me some stuff right here on this here, and uh, then, and I like John Hagee, y'all, I do. He, he's, when me and Sister Teresa first met him, what, Teresa, 25 years ago? When we went to Brother Swaggers one one first or second time we went out there, and that's been years, years ago. And uh uh John Hagee was there and I didn't like him.